3: Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, she moved into her mother's apartment with her son. Strange things happened there before, but nothing prepared her for what happened to her one night after she went to bed. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. We like to hear your real ghost stories, so if you've got one, share it. You can call in anytime, 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. Then if you prefer an ad-free version of the show, you can do that. You'll also get advanced episodes, access to the archive. You just become a premium subscriber, and you can do that through Apple Podcasts. Try it three days free. Sign up through patreon.com slash stories or at ghostpodcast.com. I'm Carol Hughes, and my sister Kathy Gordon is with us today. Well, how's it going? It's going pretty good today. It's hot, hot, hot. It, it is so
4: hot. It's so and I'm hot. Is it too hot for ghosts, Even no. it, Does there come a point when even ghosts go, I ain't even going <laughs> to scare anybody today? That's too much work, you know?
3: It's like, Henry, you go out. <laughs> you do the haunting today. I am so over it. This heat. I'm going to Google this. Does, is paranormal... Let me see. Let me okay. I
4: wonder like does it matter is, to paranormal activity does it change with the, with the heat index? Is paranormal
3: activity affected by weather? <laughs> yeah, I mean it would Did seem you like you know that weather including solar and lunar activity is also known to play a role in increased paranormal activity. Geomagnetic fields and solar storms have a strong effect on astral beings and increase paranormal activity. The geomagnetic field is the magnetic field observed observed in and around the Earth. Wow, that was a lot.
4: Okay, does that mean the heat would make the difference? Um, Well, here's the thing. I think you and I have to be the only two people in the history of podcasting that are worried about paranormal and the heat index.
3: It says, oh, if a spirit is trying to manifest, because now I changed it, is paranormal activity affected by extreme heat?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, get more specific.
3: And this says, um, this is posted by AccuWeather. AccuWeather. The AccuWeather. AccuWeather. Those guys in AccuWeather. Let's see, I'm now clicking on the article. It says, ghostly things happen. Oh, no, excuse me. Ghostly happenings give people a chill. It says, one theory as to why spirits manifesting causes a temperature drop is due to the need for energy in order to manifest physically. If a spirit is trying to manifest that is becoming physically visible. It will pull energy out of the environment to do that. Heat is energy. That's one type of energy. So So, as a ghost is manifesting, it's thought that heat is being pulled out. So heat would be pulled out of you and me, but it seems like if everything's heat, like if everything's heat, then couldn't it be like sucking the heat
4: from everywhere? Yeah. That almost makes it seem like there'd be more stuff going on. Uh, It does. That's, you know, very, very fascinating because we do often talk a lot about temperature changing when a spirit's in the room, you know, getting colder. Um, rooms in houses that are not air conditioned and it's really hot in the summer but one room is always cold you know we've talked we've heard a lot about those things so that would make sense it sucks the heat out of the room
3: well and then here's a whole nother thing weather and paranormal
4: Mm. we need to do an entire podcast about the weather and paranormal right
3: it says one of the current theories in paranormal investigation is that certain types of weather condition may enhance paranormal activity. So is it possible that cold or rain could affect the activity on a paranormal investigation? I don't know.
4: It well, just, what about like thunderstorms and the electricity in a thunderstorm?
3: Seems like it could.
4: Maybe would lend itself to
3: Then this gets deep. This activity. gets super sciency. Oh dear. Yeah, I'm going to have to take a deeper dive. Thunderstorms are frequently cited for enhancing paranormal activity. They may make the whole investigation creepier, but could they actually enhance paranormal activity? Lightning is caused by a buildup of oppositely charged ions in the clouds and on the ground when the buildup of charged ions is greater than the resistance of the air. Lightning occurs. Okay, okay. So I guess, yes, that's yes because of that.
4: Interesting. I don't know. That's That's deep. That's fascinating.
3: So I've got an interesting story today. Okay. And if you hear meowing, that's my cat. He's being very
4: active. Okay. I didn't think it was you.
3: You didn't? It was paranormal.
4: It'd be weird. Well, and I was
3: putting these stories together earlier, and one of them... It says something about a cat jumping up, and when I read that, my cat literally jumped up right at that second, and it oh, scared God. the shit out of me. Okay, so here's <laughs> here is the story. It says years ago, my mother lived in an apartment in the middle of town. She'd been there a couple of, couple of years, and she would call me almost nightly with encounters with something paranormal. The front door would fling open and no one would be there. She would hear footsteps on the stairs leading to the second floor. No one would be there. She would experience items missing and moved around in her home. My niece and nephews were just little kids at the time. They all spent a considerable amount of time with my mother. They would all recount the activity. I thought my mother was scared to be there, so her fear transferred to the kids because they were young. They were impressionable, right? So I would do my best to debunk the activity. Oh, mom, you didn't shut the door all the way. Oh, the footsteps, that's from the apartment next door. Real, believable explanations. Around 2003, I found myself in a situation where I had to move in with her with my son. I only experienced a little while we were there. Whatever I did experience, I dismissed or debunked. One night, we were lying in bed, talking back and forth. She was in her bed. I was in mine. Our rooms were close enough for for us to lie down, talk, and joke around. She was not able to see me, nor I was able to see her. We said, and this is all in caps, Okay, this is it. We need to sleep. That's my interpretation (laughs) of that being all in caps. It was ridiculously late at night. We We were goofy and sleepy. I sleep on my stomach, so I flipped around and settled in. I was still awake when I felt my mother climb onto my bed over top of me. She started at my feet. I felt her weight sink in the bed along my sides. I was thinking, this woman is trying to prank me, which she would have every right to do because I was always pranking her. Okay, so I let her keep going. The weight was now on top of me. She was around my waist. A light bulb went off inside of my head. Next move she makes, I was going to flip around really quick and get her in a headlock.
4: (laughs) This is the most interesting mother-daughter relationship I've ever heard. (laughs) Uh, Except it's not her mother. Sure
3: enough, the movement came and, all in caps, here's my opportunity! (laughs) (laughs) I flipped around like lightning, went to lock her up, and (laughs) no one was there. I screamed, holy shit. My mother's very concerned voice coming from her room. Hope, my God, what's wrong? Because this woman's name is Hope. I told her what happened, and she accused me of trying to scare her. Fast forward to a few more years. In 2007, I decided to become a paranormal investigator. I was living in my own place by now. My mother had long left the apartment. I became the case manager for a group I am affiliated with. I was doing research on local history to see if there was anything worth investigating. What I found blew my mind. It was called the Grace Murder Case. There was a murder that occurred in a building that was attached to where my mother lived. One brother killed another brother. The murdering brother was a bad womanizer on top of everything else. He stole some money and jewelry from his brother and left him for dead under a bed in the building. The case was likened to the Lizzie Borden trials. I absolutely feel in my heart that what we experienced in our apartment, which after time I stopped debunking and accepted it for what it was, was related to this murder. So I looked it up and there's a woman who wrote a book on it. Really? Yeah. And the book is called The Grace Murder Case. And so Grace, if, like
4: just like as in Grace. G R A C E. Okay.
3: So this is probably much too long to read. So I'm just going to kind of go through it. It starts in quotes the most revolting and horrible murder ever committed in Orange County. These are the words. Orange used County by.
4: as in California?
3: Um, it's not in California. Oh, okay. It is, let me read through it a little bit further.
4: There's probably other orange
3: counties. Uh, these are the words used by George Ronk, chief of police in Walden. So it's happened in Walden. Um, okay. To describe the death of Jack Grace, whose mutilated de- decomposing body was found in the village's 20th century club on September 11th, 1912. He was only 28 years old. The suspect in his brutal murder was his own brother, Antone William Grace, known in Walden as Bill Grace. Oh, so it's interesting to note that Grace brothers were from Fall River, Massachusetts, the okay. same town where the famous Lizzie Board murder trial had occurred in the 1890s. In oh, both, so
4: it wasn't too long after the Lizzie mm-hmm. Borden murder.
3: In both cases, family members were charged with violently violently killing their own kin. Lizzie Borden was accused of murdering her father and stepmother with a hatchet. Bill Grace was accused of killing his brother with a meat cleaver. What? Borden's case received a huge oh. amount of national media attention, while Lizzie's gender made that case sensational. The Grace case, which involved scandalous circumstances... Had been all but forgotten, so it's pretty much what she said. It says Bill Grace was something of a cad.
4: I believe me. he would just kill for some money. He was it? a total
3: dick because it says yeah. he abandoned his first wife with her three children, married a second woman, left her while she was pregnant with her child, and stole. Sounds her like they were all better off. And stole her family's money to make his oh. escape. He then used this money to help finance a new life for himself in Walden that included, incredibly, a third wife, a local girl named Fanny Andrews, whom he married within days of the crime. The theory of the case was that Jack Grace, who, interestingly enough, was also a bigamist. What? (laughs) Side note. That's what it says. Wait a minute. The the other brother? Yeah, that's what it says. Was a bigamist too? Yep. And he was going to tell Fanny about Bill's other marriages. So Bill stopped that from happening by murdering his brother, then robbed him in order to fund a fancy honeymoon for himself and his new bride. Uh So the police involved in the case speculated Jack and his murder. On the Titanic. (laughs) It was not not on the Titanic. (laughs) There's a picture of a cleaver similar to the one thought to have killed Jack Grace in the 20th Century Club. Um, In the world. So then he waited for Jack to fall asleep, grabbed a meat cleaver used in the club to cut up kindling wood, crept up on the sleeping man, and with a strong blow, nearly split his head in two. He was then robbed of $320, two diamond rings, and a diamond pin. Then he dragged his lifeless body to the back room at the club where he was laid out on the floor, a couch. She said a bed, this says a couch was placed on top of the body in order to hide it. This caused Jack's features to become distorted as if he had been, been flattened. The most damning evidence at trial, although this says the most damning evidence presented at the trail, was, oh. found, <laughs> was found in his shaving mug. I don't think it happened at the trail. No, no. Um, during the investigation, Chief Ronk discovered two diamond rings and a diamond pin hidden under a piece of soap in the mug which itself had been spotted in the suitcase that Bill used on his honeymoon. He said his brother had given him the rings and pins for safekeeping, and then it went on that other people had seen him there and saw him leaving the club at 6.45 a.m.
4: I have so many questions about this, but I'm going to start with why anybody would use a meat cleaver to break up kindling wood that seems like a, an odd choice for chopping up pieces of wood and it might but, be,
3: have been smaller pieces of wood maybe they were using it like in the wood burning stove or something
4: I don't know it seems weird but okay it sounds like the brother might have been an odd one too yeah. not that it's okay to kill anybody because even if they' are you know odd you don't get to kill people but I'm thinking so he, he was a he also had married more than one person. And then he seemed well, to have it, rings and diamonds and stuff. But um, maybe that's why they were marrying all the girls to get the money and then taken off. Weird. I don't know. What a story. So, do you think? Okay, so it it obviously happened in an old building. Well, the where her mom's apartment
3: was attached to the building of the former twentieth century building? club. Yes. Okay. So it says that. Um, there was a murder that occurred in a building that was attached to where my mother lived. So the 20th wow. century club was attached to the building her mom lived in. So it does make you wonder. And especially the crawling all over you. Oh, like, That yeah. does seem like something creepy that the guy would have done. Yeah. You know, I don't uh, That one's But creepy. I
4: kind of love the fact that she was like think, totally not thinking it was something scary. And so she wasn't reacting to it in a scary, frightened way. And then she just like flips over and she's gonna put her own it. mother in a headlock. <laughs> yeah. But but instead, Bill or whoever whatever it was there, whatever happened, the other brother probably scared them. <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting it. No. Like you wouldn't have expected you know, nobody expects the girl to flip over and try to put a ghost in a headlock, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Good for hope. I but it sounds it.
3: like there's a lot of activity. And, you know, and it might or might not have been these Grace murder guys because, you know, it was an old building, the 20th mm-hmm. Century Club. And it probably had a lot of people in and out of it. So I don't know.
4: And who knows? Like the 20th Century Club. I mean, there might have been all kinds of shenanigans going on there. They could have been bootlegging the bigamists and, you know, yeah, lots of bigamy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We can't say it was them for sure, though.
3: But, you know, I do think know. it's interesting. Something super paranormal happened to her and mm-hmm. then she uncovered that story. Yeah. Yeah. Are they connected? Who knows? But that makes a really great story. I'd be telling all my friends.
4: A, the second she read it, she probably just felt like she'd been punched in the gut. Well, I've
3: got one other story not too long, and it says, My name is Victoria. I'm from sunny Southern California. I'm an EPP member, and like so many others, I listen to you at work and when my boyfriend and I drive to San Francisco. The two stories I'm about to share with you are my personal experiences. First, I want to start out with I come from a family that is sensitive to the spiritual world. My mom is a medium and reads tarot cards. People call my mom whenever they need a cleansing in their home. Her mother and grandmother did the same. So it would only be natural for this gift to be trickled down to my sister and me. Although I'm just telling you right now, if I had that gift in our mom, which is so weird to even think of our mom as reading tarot no. cards in cleansing homes,
4: no, that would not help.
3: I am not brave enough. It's like, I would love to help you with the cleansing, <laughs> I'm busy. Um, yeah, no. every night. You would be you so would be busy. worthless.
4: Worthless in a cleansing situation.
3: I would be well, and it would attach to me and I'd be freaking out all night. Get off of me, something's on me. Anyway, yeah. so but this story says the other night I had a dream about an old friend who I haven't spoken to in six years. The last time I spoke with my old friend Ken, we were both trying to get sober from using pills. We would talk on the phone and motivate each other to stay clean. Time passed and we lost touch. Ken got lost in drugs and I stayed clean. Hats off to her. Yeah, Just good stopping you, right there Victoria. because that is huge. In my dream, Absolutely. I'm standing in a poorly lit hospital when I see Ken walking down the hall. He didn't look healthy. He was very skinny and his clothes hung on him. I called out to him, Ken? He looked at me happily. Victoria! We greeted each other with a hug, and though he didn't look healthy, he looked happy. After he hugged me, Ken said, I gotta go. Then he walked through two big doors that you could just push open with the slightest touch of your hand. The next morning, I didn't think too much of the dream until later that day, I got a text from Ken's ex-girlfriend saying that Ken overdosed the day before. I was completely in shock because the dream made sense. I feel I saw Ken as he was going into the spiritual world, and I was lucky enough to get one last hug. And yes, I absolutely agree with that. I do too. And he might have been in a hospital when he passed, and, you know, or maybe that was symbolism, the hospital, but I totally believe that.
4: But I love it that he wanted to make a contact with her and let her know he was okay.
3: Because that would be the kind of thing that would torment you because mm-hmm. it's like how did... It's, it's that survivor's guilt. Like how mm-hmm. was I able to stay sober and how couldn't I have saved him and what could I have done differently mm-hmm. and I wasn't in his life and, yeah. you know, I should have done more. That's the stuff you beat yourself up for.
4: But he came back and he, he let you know that, you know, There wasn't anything you could do, and he's okay. You know, he's going to be fine.
3: I definitely agree. That's what I think happened. Mm -hmm. So it says, my next story happened a few years ago. At the time I was living with my parents, one night I was sleeping, I suddenly awoke, and as my eyes settled into the dark, I saw an old man wearing long plaid shorts pacing back and forth as if he was in deep thought. It registered in my brain. Holy shit. I can see through him. In that split second of that thought, the old man picked up his head and looked at me. Then in less than a second, he was in my face. Oh, (laughs) I screamed and ran out of my bedroom so fast that I ran into the hallway wall where my parents burst out of their room where they found me on the floor on my back like a turtle in its shell and absolutely hysterical. The only words I could get out through all my tears and mumbled words were, there's a man in my room. My mother stayed calm and walked into my room where she began to do what she does best. That night I slept in my mother's bed and my dad wouldn't even walk in my room. So he took the couch. I honestly don't know how my mom deals with spirit encounters so bravely. Anyways, those are my two stories. I hope to hear them on the air. Sincerely, Victoria.
4: I don't know how mm-hmm. she does that. Like I don't either. I'm I'm thinking, uh, sorry, my dog just jumped. Uh, I, I would like to know if the mom had any thoughts, you know, herself, because she seems to be a professional in this situation. When she went back into the room, if she felt anything. Um, yeah, it
3: seems like there would have been a follow up conversation the next day or.
4: Is there probably it you just, was. You
3: just don't even want to know.
4: But I have a feeling her mom would be the kind of person that would try to explain instead of just saying, you know, we don't talk about this sort of thing or, you know, I don't want to upset you or something. I think her mom would try to explain a little bit to her. And I just wondered if her mom had any, you know, feelings about that.
3: It makes me think that there had been paranormal activity in the house. The mom knew it Mm -hmm. because it'd be really weird for your daughter to come running out of her room. Run into a wall, wall collapse on the floor, screaming, There's a man in my room. And your dad's like, huh, This is up to you, honey. I am. Yeah, going you're to the, the couch.
4: paranormal one. You
3: know?
4: Yeah. It kind of seems yeah. like
3: dad would have wanted to get the man out of the house, but mom was just like, This one is one for me, Bob. Mm-hmm. Go to the couch. <laughs> I've got this. Yeah. You know, it's almost like they knew. Yeah. Yeah. Because dad really was is, like, I ain't it? even going in there. I think we all need a woman like her mom in our lives. Yeah. Someone who's brave With enough that to that superpower. Go
4: in. I yeah. want that superpower. Um do you think okay, so he's on the other side of the room. I thought the plaid shorts was odd. Um that she recognized that, but then he was transparent, right? As the more she's looking at him, she realizes she's seeing through him and then just immediately he just is over her, right?
3: In less than a second, he was in my face.
4: In it her says. face. So we don't know if he's hovering directly over her or standing by the bed, bent down, looking at her.
3: Suddenly woke. My eyes mm-hmm. settled into the dark. I saw an old man wearing long plaid shorts, pacing back and forth. And then when she thought to herself, holy shit, I can see through him. He picked up his head and looked at me in less than a second. He was in my face. So I don't know if he flew in or if he just,
4: like, took if he two just was big like,
3: steps and was, like, in her face. I can say this. He scared the shit out of her.
4: Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. That but is a I strange think, one. And I think I, mom I would, knew I think something. I do, too. And I would like to know, Victoria would, at some point, if she's talked to her mom about us, if she might write back in and fill us in a little bit about if there's any other background here. To this story. I feel like there is. I feel like there's a whole other story behind this story. Don't you?
3: Well, it just makes me think the parents know something that she didn't know. So that's what be- I think
4: too. Cause nobody seemed to say, oh, you know, though she did say that her mom was, you know, a believer and, you know, was. So I think her mom would have always been receptive to hearing anything that happened. And I don't think. That she would have been scared to tell her mom because that because of her mom's abilities. But I just feel like there's a bunch more of this story. And mm-hmm. maybe Victoria hasn't even talked to her mom about it. Maybe sometimes she needs to say, Mom, remember that one time this happened? Do you know anything about that? And do I want to know about it? Do I want <laughs> I d- to? Yes. I don't know
3: if I want to know. But if you think I should know, then maybe you should tell me. Well if you like this show and you want an ad free experience, sign up to be a premium subscriber. Do that through Apple Podcasts, try it three days free. You can also sign up through patreon dot com slash Real Ghost Stories or at ghostpodcast dot com. For all of us here at Real Ghost Stories Online, thank you for listening.